everyone. Welcome to a Rewind episode of Hate Raid. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. And every fortnight, we normally challenge the other to read a book that we think that they will hate. But for this episode, Em has actually chosen a book that she knows she hates that she's read in the past. So um, this fortnight, Em has challenged the both of us to read Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator by Roald Dahl, the sequel to the much more famous Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, So, Em, first question, why do you hate this book? Okay, so I really, really loved Roald Dahl as a kid. Mm -hmm. I had like a box set of some of his books, and this was one of them, which is a weird decision for that box set. waste of space. Yeah, I did not have Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. What? And the library, yes, this is a, the what? library also didn't have Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. What? So I had never read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when I first read this book. And this book, as a child, scared the absolute shit out of me. <laughs> I was terrified of this book. The Vermicious Canids were the scariest thing in the world. And I don't know, did you get an illustrated version of this? I did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you saw the little scram thing that they yes. do. Yes. Oh, I hated yeah. that. I hated it, and it scared me so badly. And also, um, so in that scene, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about the plot a little bit. We tend not to talk about the plot as much for these Rewind episodes, but we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, but in that scene, the group comes across these aliens on this space hotel. It'll make sense. We'll get there. And they they emerge from elevators that like, so the door like slides open Okay. and I had like a sliding closet door at home in my room. So I like had nightmares about the pernicious canids. I I read this book. I didn't actually, here's the thing. I said, I don't know if I'd had actually read this entire book all the way through before, because I'm pretty sure every time I tried, I got to the part with the vermicious canids and put it down and wouldn't keep reading. <laughs> yeah, because I think there is also um, later in the book, the the waiting room and the minus yeah, space. Yeah, that's, that's weird also too. pretty spooky for a kid. So like, I would understand if you didn't continue on. <laughs> there wasn't much waiting for you at the end. And again, I'm not sure if I really liked Roald Dahl as a kid because, like, I really liked him or just Mm -hmm. because that was the material that was provided to me. And Mm -hmm. so I read it a lot. It's also a question I have. Yeah. You know? Um, But I do remember liking, like, Matilda and BFG and Mm -hmm. um, the Twits. And I also read his autobiography. Oh, The Witches. That's another good one. Um, I read his autobiography of his boyhood as a kid, which I don't think was really for a child audience, but they definitely uh-huh. shelved it with the kids stuff at the oh. library. Um, but like his sister dies of appendicitis really early in that. It's pretty depressing, but. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. I, I've always heard the rumor and I don't know if it's true or not that um, the reason why Roald Dahl, the children characters, the main characters in the books are always treated so poorly is that he hated children. Um <laughs> And I don't know where I heard this fact. I've heard it. I heard it many years ago, though, that he hated children. And so he wrote these stories, but was told that they would never sell unless they had a happy ending. So he always had all these awful, terrible, no good things happen to these kids and then like do a complete 180 at the end and have everything be happy ever after. So his books would sell. I mean, I definitely can buy that, especially with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where that is essentially just a series of kids behaving poorly and being (laughs) punished for it. Um and I know that for the twits, the reason that he wrote that book was because he hated beards. And so he wanted oh. to write a book about a guy with a beard who was stupid and gross and disgusting so oh. that people would stop having beards. Oh, I don't think like, I've ever read the twits. I think that would bother me. Uh, Yeah, it's like a couple who are terrible and mean to each other and everything else. And they abuse some animals a little bit. But in the end, oh, the God. animals get their revenge. That essentially. sounds... Awful. Yeah, yeah. With a lot of stuff, it's it's very dark. Mm-hmm. A lot of Roald Dahl stuff is very dark, and I also think a lot of it is very um, surreal. Mm-hmm. And like the logic makes sense in a way, but it's not correct. Yeah. Like the and this happens a lot in this book where something is explained, and it's like, oh, this is the reason why, and it's like child logic, where it's like, mm-hmm. 
yeah, I see the connection that you're making there, but that's not actually how the world works, but <laughs> yeah. it does work that way in this book. Yeah. Which and is I interesting. Mean, to argue that most of, most of even the adult characters in his books are children. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has that kind of like weird logic. Mm-hmm. And I especially had a problem with the adults in this book, um, specifically yes. Charlie's three bedridden grandparents. Um, just, they were terrible people. They were not the best. I guess we should kind of a little bit talk about the plot mm-hmm. just in general um so the plot of this book it picks up right at the end of charlie and the chocolate factory they get in the great glass like elevator and they shoot off later. into space yeah yes so it's charlie and his parents and his four grandparents and willy wonka in the great glass elevator hurtling through space they come across a hotel that is like a space hotel that the u.s has put up there mm-hmm. and they go on board, they trick the president into thinking that they are Martians or something, mm-hmm. and then they find... Because they, the U.S. president thinks that they are first um, Oh yeah, Russians, mm-hmm. and then Indian, or no, sorry, and then Chinese yes. people, and then, I, I want to, I don't, there's like one other thing, but then, but they come to the conclusion that they're aliens. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because Wonka shouts a bunch of nonsense words at them. Yes. As, and that makes them believe that it's an alien language. Yeah. As most responsible adults would do to, towards authority figures, is just yell gobbledygook yes. at them until they go away. <laughs> so they do. They go away. And the gang, which again is the parents, grandparents, Charlie and Wonka, mm-hmm. um, start exploring the hotel. And then the Vinicius, Ver, Vermicious? 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 Uh, I don't know. The Canids. The, the Canids show up. And they're like creepy, shape-shifting, slimy, gross things that are generally shaped like eggs, but like contain mm-hmm. can change into different shapes mm-hmm. and have, as Wonka explains, have traveled through the galaxy eating everything. Yeah, and, and they can travel millions of miles in a day. Yes. Um, and the only reason they haven't destroyed all of Earth is because of our atmosphere and they burn up in our atmosphere. Which they so they gone. find those aboard the space hotel. They get back into the great the great glass elevator, zip off. They find that the group of maintenance workers or whatnot who were coming up to the space hotel get into the space hotel, get attacked by the canids, try to escape. They go to help them. They pull them back into or they they lasso them and start trying to pull them away from the vinicious canids, mm-hmm. who lasso them back and try to pull them out into space but then they Tough. re-enter the atmosphere burn up all the vernicious canids everything is solved that should be the end of the book but then we have a completely Ugh. different story that's the second half of yeah it's book. like two episodes of a very bad miniseries <laughs> like i i had not read any rolled doll in years and years mm-hmm. and but i do remember at least somewhat enjoying charlie and the chocolate factory yeah um, and again, I'm not sure if that was because I actually did enjoy it or if because, like, you know, children's books when we were children were were very, very limited. limited. Um, you read what you got. Yes. You liked it. <laughs> um, and that is what many people would call his best work. I think this is probably his worst. Like, I wouldn't disagree with that. <laughs> um, like, this was way bad. I Yeah, yeah. This was... Uh, just all over the place. I could see how it would be entertaining to a child who was like, Hoo-hoo, look at these antics that it's right. like like slapstick kind of very physical comedy sort of bad cartoon way. So they they get back to Earth. They get into the chocolate factory and Wonka gets out a pill that he has invented that causes you to lose 20 years off of your life for every pill you take. And he gives the bottle of the pills to the olds who mm-hmm. split them up. At, or at first are like, we don't want arguing to. over it. Fake news. We don't trust it. Oh right. Well, first because he's really sketchy about how he describes what the process of mm-hmm. like coming to invent these pills was. Because he's like, oh, I tested it, and some some stuff happened, and we're not going <laughs> to talk about it. And some oompa loompas were damaged. What, right. <laughs> They're like, no. What happened to them? What did you do to them? <laughs> And he's like, okay, on, on on test 132, it worked out. And he lost all these years off of his life and became young again. Mm-hmm. So the old grandparents who, besides Grandpa Joe, who is the one who was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as the only one who got out of bed. He decided his legs were refusing. Yeah. So 
all the rest of them are still bedridden. The three of them take these pills. They take four apiece, which takes 80 years off of their life. And one of them is 78, so that makes her negative two. Mm -hmm. So then they have to go, Charlie and Wonka have to go into the depths of the chocolate factory to find the um, waiting room, which is where people who are negative, who are minuses, go. And they have to find Grandma Georgina and spray her with, because the the pills are called... Well, uh, what are they called? Wonkavite. 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 Yeah. yeah, and the spray is called Vitawonk. Yes, not at all confusing. So they spray her with that. She instantly pops back up to the land of the pluses. They go back up there. She's three hundred and some years old. Right, which they find out because Charlie, like no one can figure out how old she is. Charlie says, "Oh." Think back to when you were a young girl. What was going on then? And she was like, oh, I was on a ship. I was on a ship. And he's like, okay, what was that ship? And he's she's like, I can't remember. I can't remember. And he's like, okay, if I say the name, will you know it? And she's like, yes. And he's like, is it the Mayflower? And she's like, yes, which is a hell of a coincidence. <laughs> it's the number only one. ship name he knew. <laughs> number two, this is like, essentially they have invented time travel is what has happened here. Yeah, because she had all of these memories that there was yes, no way she could have had before. That she couldn't have had. Yeah. And again, so this is like what I'm talking about with like the childlike logic. Like mm-hmm. the fact that she is old means that she must have been born X number of years, that number of years mm-hmm. ago. And so she must have lived through that, even though we know she did not. So it's yeah. like... It has a logical sense, but it's not the correct logical sense. Yeah. Um, but then, like, would she also retain those memories once they bring her back to her regular age? Yeah, like, I is don't she think still so, that woman she's... that came on the Mayflower? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, because, because she must. Okay, here's the thing. She must, right? Because when they take the pills, the, the Oompa Loompas who have taken the pills do not forget the 20 years from the time they took the pill to the mm-hmm. age they regressed to. So the pill taking doesn't affect your memory. Okay. So if the spray makes you old, you remember however many years old you are, even if you weren't technically alive at hmm. that time. Hmm. It, do- it doesn't, it, I, yeah. Well, because then, like, that makes her American. Right? Like, th- this yeah. story doesn't take place in America. No. Like, so she came She came to America on the Mayflower, and then she also has memories of the Revolutionary War mm-hmm. and the Civil War, both two very American things. Yeah. <laughs> and so I then how did she become Grandma Georgina? The, the woman the in The British England. grandma. Yes. It doesn't add up. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, and I mean, presumably at the time that she would have met, met Grandpa George mm-hmm. in this alternate timeline, she would already be like 200-something. Yeah. So. Uh, so she would have already looked like a corpse. Why was Why was Grandpa Joe or why was Grandpa George into that? Yeah, it just it's. <laughs> but yeah, so they age her back up. They age the other two back up, and all is well. And that's pretty much the book. They get invited to the White House at the end, which was the uh, tag for the third book, which was never finished. Thank God. Yeah, where they all go to the White House for dinner. Yeah, it basically <laughs> ends with them agreeing to go. To they get the grandparents out of bed and they agree to go to a department store on the way to the White House so they can get actual oh, yeah. clothes instead of just their pajamas. They're like, "Oh, we only have our pajamas. Whatever shall we do?" And Wonka's like, "Well, don't you have any other clothes?" And they're like, "No, we don't know what to do." And Charlie's like, "Don't worry, we can stop by a store." And everyone's like, "Charlie, you're so smart." I'm like, "Is he? You? Is he?" That's like the obvious progression of if you don't have something, you go, you go to, to a the store. store. <laughs> it's not rocket science. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about how Willy Wonka thinks that Charlie is going to be prepared to run a company if his greatest ideas are, let's go to yes. a store and is it the Mayflower? Here's the, here's the thing. This goes into a theory I have about Willy Wonka, which is very prevalent, I think, in this book. I can't remember mm-hmm. if this is supported in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or not. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so... Uh, this gets into the pill thing, right? Okay. So he's created these pills, he says, after much, much trial and error, and he gives them to the grandparents. And they say, oh, you know, he says, oh, they're worth a lot of money. Uh-huh. He, I could sell them. 
but I'm not going. I'm going to let you guys have them instead. Yeah, and I could Which, take them so I could continue working on the chocolate factory, but I wouldn't waste them on myself that way. Right. So here's my thought. He's definitely taken these pills before, right? He has to have. He has to have. He is a thousand years old. <laughs> he has been taking these pills for millennia. <laughs> Willy Wonka the Eternal. <laughs> and that's what the deal, like, literally, I really think, I think that explains so much. Because this, like, whole chocolate factory, they talk about, like, the stuff in this chocolate factory. It's insane. And yeah. crazy level. He, he couldn't have done this in, you know, 60 years or however old no. he's pretending to be. I'm saying no 60 because retirement age, I guess. So I, I'm i theorizing that he's not really planning to turn this over to Charlie. He's just kind of bored and wants to see. This is like an entertaining thing to do on a weekend. Oh. I don't think he really has plans to turn this over at all. Oh. Poor Charlie's going to be so broken yeah. up about it. Or even if he does turn it over, he'll just take his stash of pills because it, like, it's it's implied that he only has those 12 pills. Right. But then he brings out a whole stash out afterwards. He's a liar, too. Yeah, he has to re-age them up. So, like, he has tons of these pills just hanging around. Mm-hmm. So he can just take, like, a backpack full, like, fuck off to, you know, <laughs> South America for 50 years while Charlie uh-huh. runs things and then come back in 50 years and be eternally youthful and be and the zany. same Willy Wonka. Yeah. yeah so I think he's really true. just taking a vacation. I was thinking it's like kind of like a Dread Pirate Roberts situation mm. where there's always a Willy there's always Wonka, a Wonka, but it's mm. not the same Wonka. Like he's going to train Charlie. Like the, the Wonka is just a title. Willy Wonka is I, an identity I, they assume. I would agree with that, except I think he has too much knowledge to be, you know, I think mm. that he, because he knows about these aliens true. that are no one else on earth knows yeah. about. You know? Yeah, and he went to all those places. He said it took him a very long time to go to all those places and collect all those ingredients for the pill and the spray. Like, yeah, I can get behind this. I can get behind this. I think he's an immortal being. Willy Wonka is as old as the Earth. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay, so then, is he human or alien? Oh, well, Or neither. Is he some other sort of fantastical creature? I mean, and this was a th- this was a thing that I was thinking when I was reading that book. This book, I was like, is this fantasy or is this sci-fi? Mm, that was that's a good question too. I was torn on yes, the classification of this book. First off, the first half is very sci-fi. They go to space. And it's tropes. They go to space, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not hard sci-fi certainly because no. most children's <laughs> books are not. They're they're. This is not based at all in real science, <laughs> right? But I think once it returns to the chocolate factory. And you get into all of the stuff about minuses and whatever, mm-hmm. which are essentially like ghosts, sort yeah. of. Not really, but that's the closest, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That that section felt a lot more fantasy to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he is an alien or if he is a eldritch god, but <laughs> <laughs> he's, I don't he's- think he's... Well, he's, I guess he could be human and just a very... from the abyss. Yeah. I feel like if he is human, he has been around so long that he has mm-hmm. forgot his humanity. Yeah. He thinks, you know? he thinks people are his playthings, obviously. Yes. Well, the whole scene where the grandparents are arguing over what to do and what how many pills to take, he knows that they shouldn't take more than two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's there and because he, he tells them to please stop arguing. Like, he knows. Yeah. And he, like, turns around and ignores them and just lets them, like, essentially kill themselves. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if Charlie didn't love his grandma. <laughs> Willy, Willy Wonka like, would have been like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Willy let's Wonka would. Well, grab, grab these babies up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. He was perfectly fine with those grandparents being babies. Yeah. Well, and that's also very, like, Willy Wonka's, like, let Deal. these crappy people learn their lesson the hard yes. way. Like. I, well, and obviously this is from the movie and Gene Wilder's portrayal of Willy Wonka, but where he's just like, oh, no, don't stop. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that kind of like not very serious about yeah. the uh, health codes in his factory of chocolate. Now, if we accept the 2005 movie as canon, Ugh. then Willy Wonka is human and the son of a dentist. And that's why... Yeah, he's obsessed with candy, but 
Um, but also that version was garbage. It so... was cuckoo, and I think only three people like that version. <laughs> Sorry, three people, if you happen to be <laughs> the overlap of our three listeners. <laughs> So, okay, so we got Willy Wonka, an eternal being who may or may not have benign tendencies. I, I don't human think race. he has benign. I think he is squarely chaotic neutral. Okay, okay. So he doesn't care anything about either way about anyone but himself. Right. right. What are Oompa Loompas then? Slaves. Um, Slaves from where? <laughs> well, here's the thing there's a lot of weird racist stuff. And and mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. I know we've touched on this a bit for this book, but in the treatment of Oompa Loompas, there's been a lot of debate as to whether or not Oompa Loompas were African. Okay, okay. That they were. Let me see if I can find the. I mean, I could see how. I I mean, it's a very weird design choice, but that doesn't look like anything from the books in the movie. It, the other thing is, this book has been reprinted a lot, and they have edited things okay. as times go on. Oh. Um, in the 1977 version, they were a hundred percent black pygmy Oompa Loompas oh. was how they were drawn. Oh. Um, so let me see if I well, can that doesn't find. make me feel good. I mean, considering the huge blocks of dialogue where Roald Dahl is writing a Chinese character who yes. And replaces all of the R's with L's in the dialogue and gives them names like Chew on Dat. <laughs> like, I'm not really surprised he would also go that extra step to enslave. Yeah. However, on the flip side, there has been, I think, Roald Dahl's widow came out and stated that Charlie was originally supposed to be black. Okay. And then the publisher said, no, make him white. Okay. So there's kind of two things. That's shitty. I don't know how true that is, though. And I kind of feel like that might just be like as a reaction to the Oompa Loompa thing. Because like. Oh, like people, a, but no like, way. He's but no, I have black he, friends. He knows a black sort of person. Thing. Yeah. Right. Um, he wrote about a black person one time. And also he's dead at this point. So they can't ask him. So it's like he's not going to you know, disagree. I'm, I'm guessing that wasn't covered in his autobiography, huh? Mm, no, not the one I read. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is, there is a lot of weird racial stuff in here. And I again, I think in the first book, they are pretty explicitly like slaves. But in this, he's trying to pass them off as friends. Kind of. I mean, well, he did experiment on them a lot. He experimented on them, but then he said, oh, I had to go to the waiting room many times to save all of the nice Oompa Loompas who helped me out because we're friends. Because yeah. that was my thing. At first, I was like, you murdered 131 Oompa Loompas. <laughs> but then he backtracks and is like, mm, no, I saved them. And I'm like, uh, does it count as saving them if it was your fault in the first place? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That just sounds like someone had a guilty conscience one day. Yeah, yeah. But he does call them friends. I guess. Which, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've always been kind of bothered by that relationship between Willy Wonka and the Oompa Loompas. Um, and I, 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 always, I just keep referencing the movie version because that's the version of this right, that right. I have consumed the most. But, I mean, did they even, like, get to go home? Did they just live in the factory did Willy Wonka do anything no because that is very specifically that so that's the backstory of the Oompa Loompas in the books is that they were a tribe that were shipped to England in I think packing cases great and who live in the factory but they prefer that to living in their native land which again originally they were African pygmies was explicit (sighs) in the text so like I, I yeah, it's just it's a lot. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that um, that's uncomfortable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and again, is one of those things where it's like that we talked about in the tortilla flats episode. But like, this is the seventies. It's not as old as this book didn't come out as a long time ago. Like, right? Seventies well, are pretty. When was chocolate fat? Because I know this was that. End of the 70s, right? I think it was 76. So it came out in 64. So there's okay. like a, more than a decade between the two. 
Yeah. So maybe well, we'll... oh no, this one came out in '72. Oh, okay. so there's, oh, there's really? eight years wow. apart. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty tumultuous time to be representing a basically a tribal slave race as, <laughs> as African. <laughs> well, and also and... just in general, the even if even if we take out all of the they were black um and accept that they are orange as in the movie or very mm-hmm. pale white which i think is the book maybe is what it switched to i can't mm-hmm. remember um but even if we accept that it's still this idea that they are a race of people that were imported into a, another land and mm-hmm. are perfectly happy to live and serve a different race of people in that other land so yeah. whether or not they are coded as or stated to be black that's a problematic idea <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and then and then you add all this on that like usually you think like eternal immortal beings have a little bit more of a frame of reference for these types mm-hmm. of things and would be a little bit more progressive and liberal with their <laughs> with their but maybe that's uh, a mistake, help maybe. Maybe right. we assume that they would be more progressive and liberal, but maybe they would be more conservative because they want things yeah. to go back to maybe how things were. They're the ones they prolonging were. the issues. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That also could be they're longing for the quote unquote good old days. Yes. Yeah. When things were simpler and man could get away with stomping on another race. <laughs> uh... <laughs> so. Back to those canids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were scary. I didn't like them as a kid. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of the Oompa Loompas, though. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> when you... No, not about their race. No, not any, know, not any of that. But when... um, Can we talk about their songs for a second? No, I because I skip them. I don't, okay, well, I don't read songs in books like that. <laughs> here's the thing. First of all, the one song, a couple of the songs they sang, I definitely tried to sing them to the Oompa Loompa. Why are you holding a paintbrush right now? <laughs> because it was there and I picked it up. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, I did for like two two lines. I tried to do the Oompa Loompa song. And then I think I was it like, fits. This is not amusing I to me. I think it fits on some of them. All right. Let's hear it. Don't know why. Let's not let's not do that. No, no, I wanna hear it. I wanna hear oh, your okay. Oompa Loompa song. Let, Let me, me see if up. I can find the one that most fit. There was like one that's like eight pages long. Yeah, yeah. That was the main one I want to talk about, but that one doesn't fit as well. I didn't read but, it. Should I read it really quick before we talk yes, about it? Yes. Actually totally, Yeah, totally read it real quick. Right. You want me to read it out loud? No. <laughs> okay, good. It's very long. We thought you'd never make it home. We thought you'd left us all alone. We knew that you would would have to face some frightful creatures up in space. Oh, God. (laughs) We even thought we heard the crunch of someone eating you for lunch. (laughs) See? It fits. It does fit. I don't want to read this. (laughs) I hate reading this kind of stuff in books. Oh, God. Do you know why Granny didn't tell the child to come along as well? She's going to the nearest inn to buy herself a double gin. It gets better. What? Mm-hmm. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, so it wasn't about ODing, I guess. Like, I thought it was nope. going for a second. Well, it but was in a way. way. yeah. So can you wonder little Goldie began to feel a wee bit moldy? <laughs> um, oh, my God. What is this? <laughs> okay, so the context of this song that they sing is... Is this after all the grandparents have taken the pill, or yes. is it okay? Yes. So okay, so did you finish it? I did. That right, was so horrendous. Let's, let's go back into talking about. Okay. So okay, so the one that I really wanted to talk about was the one right after um, all of the grandparents take the pill and pills, and yes. uh, Grandma Georgina gets turned into a minus. But there's this like three or four page song that the Oompa Loompas sing. Which is this whole story about um, a girl who stays with her grandmother mm-hmm. and sees her taking pills and decides that she wants all of the pills. So she takes them all, and it turns out they're all laxatives. Yeah. Which makes her feel... And they're, and they're chocolate brown pills, so, like, 
I'm sorry. If I'm going to take a laxative, I don't want it to be the same color as the thing I'm going to be removing from my body. Like, <laughs> uh, so she takes all these laxatives and it makes her feel really bad. And then she has to go to the hospital and uh, she survives. But then like she spends <laughs> she spends seven hours a day on the toilet for the rest of her life. Yes. What is that? <laughs> the song, which... This song ends with, uh, do you promise us across your heart that you will never help yourself to medicine from the medicine shelf? Which, okay, here's the thing. So, like, it's this really long story where the moral is don't take drugs that you haven't been prescribed in a way that you have not been prescribed, which yeah. is the exact same moral as the main story. So why why did he include both? Word count. Like, like literally he's just like word. I gotta I gotta spin this out a while longer let's do the exact thing that we're already doing but with a kid and laxatives instead of an old and magic pills yeah <laughs> like I'm I don't know I was so disturbed reading that just now like <laughs> <laughs> that that poem could have gone in so many different directions it's very dark. oh yes it, yeah exactly this is the thing Roald Dahl stuff is very dark and I'm like I don't know that I don't think kids' stuff should not be dark, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I don't know if I would have caught all of the dark stuff as a kid. Yeah, in, in, in the Roald Dahl books? Yeah, so I feel like a lot of his stuff is less like, oh, here's something dark that kids need to learn about because they need to like learn and grow, mm-hmm. versus here's something dark that these kids won't get. Mm-hmm. But when they realize 20 years from now, it'll really fuck them up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel when like they go he's back to rereading books people. for their podcast. <laughs> right. They'll right. be really confused. <laughs> How'd uh, that get past the censors? I, I guess I have to assume that not our parents didn't read these books. <laughs> I don't think they they couldn't have, right? Like, Well, I don't know. If Willy Wonka, I mean, 1964, our parents would have been born around that time yeah it, maybe it just wasn't maybe, maybe it it's, get it's a, the same sort of thing as us if we hadn't gone back and reread it we would have been like oh yeah it's fine it's a kid's book yeah let everyone i know read that no i don't ugh. it's a weird it's weird it's, it's weird. weird and it, it just left me unsettled the whole time and i don't know maybe i do need to go back and reread like matilda or james yeah. the giant peach or something now because well i mean just like thinking about Matilda and all of the things that Trunchbull made them do. Like, right. And isn't James and the Giant Peach? I don't... I can't remember the backstory of James, but doesn't he have a sketchy home life, too? Probably. I mean, that's why he decides to get in a peach with a bunch of insects right. and roll around the universe instead of <laughs> staying home like a good boy. <laughs> oh, fuck. I just opened the Wikipedia article on it, and this is the first part of the summary. Four-year-old James Henry Four? Trotter. Right? No. <laughs> Number one. Um, oh, but he, he ages up a little bit. This is just his backstory. Okay. Uh, lives with his loving parents in a beautiful cottage by the sea in the south of England until his parents are killed by an escaped rhinoceros during a shopping trip in London. Oh. That is a lot. And then, yeah, he goes and lives with an abusive um, pair of ants. Oh, of course. It, four years pass, and then he does the whole peach stuff. I don't know. And I guess to me, like, I'm comparing this to, and, well, I don't know if I should say this now or if I should say it, am I rather be reading, but Coraline would be, to me, like, the most, would be a modern, and that's not even modern anymore. That's from a couple decades yeah. ago, isn't yeah. it? That would be, like, my comparison to this. Whereas that's, like, a dark book where a child is, Feeling neglected, whether or not she really is up to debate, but is feeling neglected and sad and goes off to find this more idealized world and has things right. happen to her. And it's spooky, scary for kids. But 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 again, I think that's it's exactly lifting. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. I think that that's the thing. It's dealing with dark themes so that children can process those dark themes. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't feel like this is supposed to be helping children learn no i feel like it's he's like getting off on trolling children yeah (laughs) honestly (laughs) and i mean like you know good for him you can do whatever you want like i'm not trying to say yeah well he's dead now so what does he care yeah you know who cares but um (laughs) yeah it's it's 
seems a lot more, and this is going to be a little bit hypocritical coming from a podcast that is called Hate Read, where we make fun of other things, Mm -hmm. but it feels a little (laughs) (laughs) mean-spirited. Yeah, whereas, yeah, I think Coraline is not that way at all. No, and it still has those dark elements to it and makes quick kids, you know, like, think about things in a different way, but you never feel as hopeless as you do in the situations that are presented in these books and I don't know well there's also just a lot less um I mean like yeah Charlie has his genius moments of knowing what the Mayflower is and knowing what a store is (laughs) but like in general most of the problems are solved by Wonka knowing how to fix the problem like well Wonka just knowing everything yeah like most of the other characters don't really have much agency in this book you know like and they're all presented as awful people yeah so like we have the u.s president uh, is featured in the first half of this book and he has campaigned with his childhood nanny as his vice president who still nannies him and he's like a complete moron everyone and jokes i mean say what you will about the american government right now whatever (laughs) but (laughs) and then we have um his general who just wants to blow things up we have the three astronauts who have no idea what to do um in the situation that they're faced with though they do try to talk some sense into the president i think um yeah we have charlie's three grandparents that refuse to get out of bed and are just like sour pusses and closed-minded ignorant people the entire time and even charlie's parents are like these timid characters that you know they really aren't even people they're like shells of people i literally didn't know that they were in the book until like halfway through the first part like until about a quarter of the way through dialogue yeah well and they say they're like oh the seven people in the elevator i'm like seven who are you counting there's the four (laughs) grandparents and charlie and wonka like what are or the seven other people i think so it's wonka says seven other people or something like that but yeah like four grandparents and charlie you're missing two and then like a quarter of the way through, it's like Mrs. Bucket said, and I'm like, oh, she was there too. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, and I guess that means his dad is there too. And then he kind of peps up in the like um when he gets to the once he gets to the chocolate factory, chocolate factory he's yeah. like, oh yeah, cool. He kind of becomes a sociopath though, because he stops caring about other people's feelings in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, he was like, oh well, who cares that our parents are young and or disappeared now? Yeah, he's just like, I just think this is all so cool and neat and give me one of those pills yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i uh i don't know i can understand the idea of wanting a child to feel empowered in a novel and making the adult characters like maybe less than resourceful or less but charlie's not empowered but charlie's not charlie's just as dumb as the rest of them this is a book about willy wonka showing off yes and I don't, and he, of course he can solve every problem. He's an ageless, immortal super being. Yes, he's faced all these things a million times before. Right. What's the point? What's the point of any of this? It was just goofy antics. And from, scary aliens and that scary traumatized aliens me. And stupid, normal humans. <laughs> oh. Yeah. This was a very frustrating read. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know what? We got through it. Somehow. Uh, somehow is because it was only like 90 pages long. Oh, yeah. It, how, only, yeah. it only took an hour to read. <laughs> right. I was drunk while reading half of it. <laughs> it was a good day. It was fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, was there anything you liked about this book? Not silver really. Lining? No, no silver Even lining. the illustrations were ugly. The illustrations I... are ugly and scary, and I hate them. Yeah. Still. And I don't know. I guess it's Quentin Blake. I think he must do several illustrate like several book illustrations for the series because i don't know they all have that like scritchy scratchy quality where like yeah, none of like, the lines connect i hate that style yeah, he's of like doll's main il- illustrator i think oh, he's okay. done pretty much all the world doll books okay. i'm pretty sure because it's very similar in style to like matilda and yeah um, i was thinking the bfg yeah there is one image from the bfg that will ever forever be seared into my mind because it sickened me as a child reading these books but it is when the main character of that book first meets the BFG and is describing the state of the BFG's beard and how there's just like food and stuff trapped in it. And then, of course, they illustrated the beard. 
Oh, I almost threw up as a kid reading that. Was that BFG or was that the Twits? I think that's the BFG. Because I thought the BFG had no beard. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember reading the Twits. Okay, but look up Mr. Twits' beard. No, because I don't want to be grossed out again. (laughs) I swear, I think it's the Twits. Maybe it is that. I could have sworn it was the BFG. I've lived my whole life thinking it was. He has no beard, Anna. Shit. Anna, the BFG is beardless. How do you respond? I guess I must have read the twits and never read BFG. You must have read the twits and suppressed the hell out of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's there's a an illustration which has a zoom up, like a zoomed up picture of his beard and Yes, nose and it's got nasty crap in it. Yes, that's the twits. Okay, that's, okay. That's I never what, read BFG of, then. That's part of his whole thing about how he didn't like guys with beards, so he wanted to make this terrible character with a beard. Oh, well, you know what? It worked. To make people never want beards. It worked, because to this day, I am unattracted to beards. (laughs) (laughs) I, just the mental image of that, just, ugh. Ugh. Yuck. Yep. That was Um, the twits. I, another, another picture that stuck with me. uh Uh-huh. From the, um, let me see if I can find it real quick. The the book boy which is his um autobiography of his childhood mm-hmm. like I, I think i mentioned his sister gets appendicitis very early in the book very early in his life or very early in the book? very early in his life yeah <laughs> and i think oh i wish i could find it i think there was a picture because it was like it was this whole thing about how he claimed let me oh man i can't find the picture but it was like this whole thing about how he he's supposedly she got appendicitis from her toothbrush and like the okay. bristles came loose and then like got onto her appendix somehow. I don't what? think that's how appendicitis works, but there were some drawings of like the toothbrush and the loose bristles and stuff. And that just like really freaked me out as a Ooh. kid. And I was very afraid of my toothbrush bristles killing me because she died. Like I've she never... dies of appendicitis. So wait, so the toothbrush bristles came off while she was brushing her teeth and somehow made it to her appendix from her mouth? That is what I believe is claimed in this book. Is the appendix part of the digestive system? I don't know. Would the stomach acids not take care of that bristle before? Let me... (laughs) The story is falling Um, apart. Roald Dahl, just like like your child logic in in this book, so too does your child logic fall apart under this appendicitis theory. Let me me find it, because I found scrolling through... Am I making this up? Is this a thing I've imagined? Just like my BFG picture. <laughs> We're both hallucinating rolled doll memories. <laughs> okay, hold on. No, I found it. Okay. So, okay, no. So it wasn't... Oh, no, wait. Yes, it is. Okay, so it's not related to his sister, but... The next day, we were allowed to inspect the appendix itself in a glass bottle. It was a longish, black, wormy-looking thing. And I said, do I have one of those inside me, Nanny? Everybody has one, Nanny answered. What's it for? I asked. God works in his mysterious ways, she said, which was her soft reply whenever she didn't know the answer. What makes it go bad? I asked. Toothbrush bristles, she answered, this time with no hesitation at all. Toothbrush bristles? I cried. That's very hard to say, by the way. How can toothbrush bristles make your appendix go bad? Nanny, who in my eyes was filled with more wisdom than Solomon, replied, Whenever a bristle comes out of your toothbrush and you swallow it, it sticks in your appendix and turns it rotten. In the war, she went on, the German spies used to sneak box loads of loose bristled toothbrushes into our shops, and millions of our soldiers got appendicitis. Now, I don't think he I, is claiming that that is actually yeah, how appendicitis works. No, no, works. no. But, but as a child, I did not get that and thought that was how appendicitis works. <laughs> Poor him. <laughs> I think this is a because then it goes on to have nanny says, "Oh, make sure you don't use old toothbrushes." So I think this is like you know one of those things that parents make up a thing to be like, "Oh, yeah. don't do this because the toothbrush bristles will kill you." Ha 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 ha! Weren't thirties a funny time? Uh, <laughs> I guess that explains his need to terrorize children. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so silver lining, I don't know. I guess if you are a kid who's not really looking for anything high literature, which is most kids, the zany antics of this book would probably entertain you. 
Like, it moves quickly. There's new stuff happening all the time. The characters would say some things that could be perceived as funny to a kid. And like you said, it follows that kid logic where it would be, you know, simple for them to grasp the ideas of something complex like traveling through time or being younger than you are old. You know, like, I guess. I don't I wouldn't want my children to read it, but <laughs> maybe someone out there would enjoy this. <laughs> the biggest thing for me, as with a lot of these rewind ones, I think might end up being is just like the nostalgia factor of it. No, you know what? Not even that, because the nostalgia factor of this for me was being terrified as a child. Yeah. So no, forget that. <laughs> Just kidding. Not nostalgia. No, not Terrible hated it. Um, so I guess my silver lining is that I guess it's nice to know what happened to Charlie after the <laughs> Is it, though? If this is no, the canon no. universe of what happened to Charlie, I'd rather just write the fan fiction myself. <laughs> I guess Let me see silver... how many... I'm going to see how many Charlie Bucket fan fictions there are on fanfiction.net real quick. I'm going to AO3. AO3? That's just going to be sexy ones. I don't want that. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> oh, well, the first most popular one apparently is Charlie Bucket Mike TV. So make of that what oh, you will. No. Oh, no. Oh, wow. This one is all over the place. Um, okay. There is over a, a thousand Charlie and the Chocolate Factory fan fictions. Yeah, there's... There's quite a few, but how many of those are the movie and how many of those are? This is the book. I'm on the book section of fan fiction. Um, This one was published March 11th. Read it. An alternate course of events in which the characters from the 2005 movie universe travel to the 1971 movie universe and have to find a way to get back. See, okay, hello, I'm in the book section. So that's a Reported, reported. Okay. (laughs) There are 172 on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in AO3. But um, those are sexy ones. They are sexy ones. They also seem to be a lot with the movie, considering yeah. the first one I found is called Come With Me and I'll Be in a World of Pure Incarceration. Which, But how is come spelled? Uh, it is spelled normally, like okay. C-O-M-E. <laughs> but it's definitely about Charlie and Willy Wonka, and that's creepy. No. Um. But this one, 25-year-old Mike was thrown out of his house and had nowhere else to stay or go. But when he was at a hotel, he runs into a familiar woman with brown hair and blue eyes. It's Mike TV and Veruca Salt fanfiction. The one that you uh, said about the 71 movie and 2005 Uh movie is also cross-listed on AO3. It's 15 chapters long. It's very long. 19,286 words. Oh, see, this one's got... 95 reviews oh. on fanfiction.net because apparently that's what people go for their Charlie and Chocolate Factory fanfiction needs. Do us a favor, listeners. Read one of these fanfictions for us. Oh, God. I fa- hold it. up, hold up, hold up. I found one that is an original character with Willy Wonka, and it is no. Charlie Bucket's big sister. No. <laughs> Mary Sue. No. Oh my god. Okay. That's great. Let me give you let me give you the title. Um Nutty for Wonka. What do you think no, that's about? No. <laughs> no. It's 43 chapters long, 35,000 words. Oh my god. Sorry. That was really loud. This one is 209,000 words long, 68 chapters published February 1st, updated March 8th. They had this sitting in their documents. What is going on? <laughs> what upheaval, perhaps evil, would ensue if the buckets, house and all, moved into the chocolate factory? What secrets would that stir up? Just what, <laughs> let's see, would the damages be? <laughs> Angst-filled sequel to another no! Charlie and the Chocolate Hold on, I'll see, no. I'm, I'll see you about 500,000 words later after I read these two oh fan fictions. God. I am so, I am so confused. In case you're wondering about the breakdown on AO3, Charlie and Willie are the most popular relationship. So oh, no, we we can all be sad for humanity. And then the second most is Willie Wonka and an original character. Which I have found someone on fanfiction.net who has written seven Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. What possesses fan fiction? What possesses a person? It's the only things they've published. <laughs> No. 
anyway, please um do your do your research and let us know. What is the best Charlie and the Chocolate Factory fanfic out there? Yeah, we'll read it. We'll read it and maybe, um, well, no, I don't think we can discuss it on the podcast no, like, that's for mean. a whole episode, but we can mention it and give our brief thoughts. Yeah. Give us give us an update on the status of the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory fandom, if you don't mind. Right, this will right. be a homework assignment uh, for a Rewind episode. You have until our next Rewind episode airs, which we don't know when that's going to be yet. <laughs> um we do should we do our other segments real quick before yeah, we... yeah yeah let's let's do those things wait we, yeah you gave your silver lining but there wasn't one no not really i didn't really have one my silver lining was um getting to learn that there is a not insignificant charlie bucket Willy wonka phantom <laughs> oh i thought it was gonna be that you uh found out there was an end to this book and it didn't just stop at the part where the kinid spelled out scram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's my silver lining. My silver lining this week is that I am happy to have learned that there is an end to this book, and it doesn't just stop at the part where the kinid spell out scram. <laughs> Fix that in editing. There you go. Splice that in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so uh, did you relate to literally any human in this book? No, I think uh, maybe the canids. I don't trust you now. <laughs> I wanted to kill everybody in the book. I mean, yeah, but I like also to squish them in my muscly body. Uh, uh, I still don't like that. They can shape into anything, but they choose to go around in the shape of like um, an egg, an egg, and hit stuff with the pointy end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think mine was probably that one Oompa Loompa who Willy Wonka experimented on and became younger than he actually was because I feel oh, like yeah. I'm I'm an old person stuck in a young body. Mm. So. Or or maybe just like the chocolate. Mm, yeah. Because but I like be... to imagine everyone loves me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate didn't really feature that heavily in this book though, which disappointing the president did mention wanting one of the chocolates yeah and they like they walked by chocolate but just the thought of there being chocolate though yeah (laughs) what would you have rather been reading um (laughs) well i mentioned before um kind of along the theme of uh children's books that are a little bit darker um definitely Coraline by neil gaiman um and then also uh the Phantom Tollbooth by Norton Jester. Mm. Is that his name? Um, maybe. I have it sitting it on the shelf. sounds like a name say. of a human. Does it though? Like Norton Jester? Well, sounds like a name of a human yeah, more than a his cat. Name. That is his name. <laughs> Norton Jester. A panda? <laughs> Don't shit on pandas, dude. I'm not. I'm saying that a panda wouldn't be named Norton Jester. <laughs> Shows you. I'm going to make one now. <laughs> You're um, going to make a panda. Yeah. <laughs> Just How are you watch. planning to do that? I don't know. Got my modeling clay right here. <laughs> um, uh. But if you haven't read The Phantom Tollbooth, first of all, do it. Um, you can even stop listening to the podcast right now because it's that good of a book. Um, but it is about a boy who is very bored with his life and um, discovers this other universe where he toddles about in this little car and meets all kinds of fun and zany people the end it's very good yeah I had trouble picking one for this week because like I was trying to think of what else I was reading around this time period mm-hmm. and I can't really super remember American um, girl books right American girl books that series of history books that were about princesses with the gilded pages Those oh were yeah good. yeah the uh um babysitter's club Babysitter's Club, yep, yep. <laughs> but I'm going to pick one that I was a little bit older when I was reading, but I think it's mm. thematically kind of similar to this, and we actually talked about this recently, you and I. Mm-hmm. Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, yeah. By Lemony Snicket, mm-hmm. which I'm also excited because I'm sure by the time you guys hear this, it will be like August or something because we record things way out of order and in advance. <laughs> but, but at this at the time of this recording, the second season is about to drop on Netflix, so I was kind of thinking about it. But I think it is kind of what we talked about with Coraline. It is darker themes. Oh yeah, but Shit it happens is, to those kids. Yeah, left but and it's right. not 
in a cruel way. It's not like to try to pull something over on the readers. Mm -hmm. It's very upfront and about the fact that it's going to be darker themes. Uh And I, I feel like there's more that kids can take away from it than this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I think it does well to the um, idea of like the adults who are supposed to be the good guys yeah. not Failing having a lot of that. power. Yeah, yeah, not being able to do their job very well, but not in a way that like demeans them. Right. Like, and as also I'm, the character who is the most like Wonka in that they are able to manipulate those around them. Mm-hmm is clearly the villain in Series of Unfortunate Events. Mm-hmm. It's Count Olaf, which I think is so. the actual case, that the person who is manipulative and able to control everyone around them and has more knowledge than everybody else and withholds that knowledge until the last second is a villain and should be considered a villain. But that yes. is not how this is presented <laughs> at yeah. all. Mm, no, I think maybe this is like one of those books where it's told from the point of view of the villain, but right? Rodolfo forgot to mention that. Yeah, like I'm like this... I guess he's not evil, but, like, he feels like he should be evil. Yeah, he definitely doesn't feel like his motives are pure. Like No, no. I don't know what his deal is. He's playing some sort of side game, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, for sure. But that about wraps it up, I think, for this fortnight. Yeah, I got some fan fiction to read now, so. Um, If you guys want (laughs) to tweet us your recommendations for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory fan fiction, you can tweet us at HateReadCast. You can also email us at hatecast at gmail.com uh-huh. and um, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song it is make amazing. sure you guys follow and subscribe wherever you're getting this episode um, we do need to talk real quick about when our next rewind episode is going to be mm-hmm. so we don't know uh, yet but it's going to be yeah. a few weeks from whenever you or a, a month or two from when you guys are hearing this probably and we are going to be moving on up in age to middle school-ish. Yeah. So the next one we're going to be reading is one that I hate from middle school years. And that's going to be Midnight for Charlie Bone by Jenny Nemo. So we will have, we'll give you guys a heads up on whatever episode is before that episode. Uh, that That's going to be the next thing oh, that we really? do. But if you want to get a head start... Yeah, yeah, when we get to, oh shoot, I think, oh. I don't think we did that. We didn't (laughs) do that on episode 12, so we need to do that. Um, (laughs) You know what, I think. No, let's just keep it a surprise. Okay. (laughs) We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Well, Um, okay, yeah, just just remind us to let you guys know. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we're going to do Midnight for Charlie Bone at some point in the future. You may or may not be aware of it. But, you know, if you want to get a head start, you can read it now and eventually we'll get around to it. Yeah. The cover um, Aside from stupid. that. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from that, we'll be back to our regular challenge schedule next week. Yes. With a book that we don't or know Or next yet. fortnight. Next fortnight. Sorry. Not next week. Oh, we always say that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, with a, uh, with a book we're not sure about yet because we haven't recorded the previous episode. Yay. <laughs> Look, guys, there's a method to our madness. Just trust us. In the words of Roald Dahl, it was an unhappy truth, he told himself, that nearly all people in the world behave badly when there's something really big at stake. That one's not funny. It's just sad. It's just sad. <laughs> what if we just did that? Just yeah. left in that that's not yeah, funny. It's just we, that. Yeah, it's just sad. We really wanted to end this note on a downer, just like the rest of this book was. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Bye, guys. The end. Granny at half past two came in, weaving a little from the gin, but even so she quickly saw the empty bottle on the floor. My precious laxative, she cried. I don't feel well, the girl replied. (laughs) But I want to hear it in the tune of the Oompa Loompa song. I don't know if that one will fit. Uh, Granny at half past two came in, weaving a little from the gin. But even so, she quickly saw the empty bottle on the floor. My precious luxury tasty cried. I don't feel about to go outside. <laughs> also, saw and floor don't rhyme. They don't, but maybe in a British accent. 
even so she quickly saw her saw? empty bottle on the floor. No, that's, that's not, not British. British at all. That's not Virginian <laughs> or something. She saw it. She saw her. She saw it on the floor. She, maybe she saw on the floor. That just sounds stupid. Yeah. I don't know what he was going for with that one. 